Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel and Hookset. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. Good morning. Welcome to Emmanuel. It's good to have you here. My name is Peter. I'm the discipleship pastor here. Um, Again, I get to continue on this week with the series we're going through. Um, Pastor started a few weeks ago about the Good Roots series, about getting our roots down deep and uh, to be able to uh, not only withstand the things of this world, but also to be able to be strong disciples of Christ. And so I'm going through a a mini-series throughout the Good Roots series called Time with God. And so we're going to continue that today. Week two. So um, what a song we just sang, huh? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Um, we talked last week about when we approach God in our time with God, in prayer, it's with this understanding of who God is that we're going to and the fact that we can come boldly to his throne because of Jesus Christ. And uh, it's so exciting to be able to have that privilege and that opportunity to be able to come to God and so I was, as I was thinking through the study, there was, a, there was an old song that came to my mind. Uh, most of you probably know what it is. It's an old hymn written a long time ago. Um, but it's called Sweet Hour of Prayer. Um, and so I think I'd, I was debating it, but I think I'm going to sing the first verse for you. I want you to listen to the words of this song because it kind of expresses my heart for a time with God as well as I, I want it to be able to hopefully pass on to you as well, as this is maybe your desire to spend time with God. So it starts out with, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, that calls me from a world of care, and bids me at my Father's throne, make all my wants and wishes known in seasons of despair and grief my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return sweet hour of prayer so listen the words I love with that is um, in moments of despair or distress and grief, whatever the words are there, um, my soul has often found relief. So I don't know about you, but we all go through times of despair and struggles and grief. And I've had my share of grief, as most of you know, losing my mom and dad in the the span of five years. And some of you are experiencing grief and distress in your life. And there's nothing sweeter than to be able to come before your God and to receive comfort and peace and the assurance of knowing 
um, that God is right there with you during those times. And that's really what this is about, this time with God. Um, you know, it's about those times where you can go to God and you can get that strength uh, from Him. And my desire, as I sang that and as I thought about that song was, you know, I, I want my time with God to be sweet. And what I mean by sweet is to have that time where it's, yes, it, let me, and I don't want to lie to you, listen, time with God can be difficult. Praying and crying your heart out to God can be a struggle, and it's not always, you know, this, this feeling of, you know, enjoyment and, you know, oh, wow, I just spent time with God, I feel awesome. You know, sometimes it's a struggle and it's a fight, and praying can be hard, but it can also be sweet. You can also get up knowing that God is there with you, and he's, he has come and given you the peace that you need for that day, and so... When we talk about time with God, as we continue on this journey, I want you to know this, the time with God I'm talking about is this, this day-to-day discipline of, taking, of setting time aside in your life to spend time with God in prayer and in conversation with Him. Um, that's what I mean. And I want to encourage you, if you do that, it will foster growth, strength, comfort, direction, and victory in our lives. But it's a day-to-day discipline. And again, as I mentioned last week, it's, the end-all isn't just like having a set-aside of time with God in the morning or whatever. It's, it's, it's a communication throughout the whole day. The Bible says pray without ceasing. What does that mean? It doesn't mean you're constantly, you know, talking out loud to God or in your mind and you're not able to work because you're talking. To, it's, it's a mindset of prayer where at any time you can lift up a prayer to God and you know that he's hearing you and you know that you have um, that confidence that you can come before his throne. And so, but that starts with, I believe, having that day-to-day discipline of, of waking up and setting aside a time to spend with God. And without that, I don't think you'll ever get to that constant communication throughout the day um, where you have effective prayer with God. So a few things from last week, just a, a reminder. Time with God is a privilege. We said, it, it, you know, it's a privilege in the sense of only his, God's children can come to him and really have this time with God. If you don't know Jesus Christ personally as your Savior, you really can't have this time with God that I'm talking about, this conversation, this communion with God. It says in John 1:12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the children of God. So you have to have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And as a believer, listen, you and I, it's a privilege as believers to spend time with God. And so I hope this challenges you. Listen, you may, have, uh, you may have been a believer in Jesus Christ for a while, but you know what happens when you're a believer in Jesus Christ for a while? You get comfortable. And so some of us, we're just cruising through our, through our lives. We're comfortable, don't disturb me, you know, don't ruffle my feathers, but I want to ruffle your feathers, my feathers, and I want to challenge you because Being comfortable and cruising through this life isn't the way a disciple of Jesus is meant to do. A disciple of Christ, it's going to be sacrificial. It's going to be uh, commitment. It's going to be purpose. And so, evaluate your time with God. Time with God should be thoughtful. We mentioned that last week. In other words, we shouldn't just rush before God and just, you know, if, if, if we're not aware of God's will and God's word, uh, as we've said it before, you know, you can, you, can pray, you can pray without really knowing God's word, but you can't pray well because you don't know God's will. You don't know 
um, God's mind. We, we talked about praying in Jesus' name, which means according to his character, his reputation, you know, praying according to his will, which is what he wants for us in our lives. And so to be thoughtful before God is understanding who this God is we're praying to and what his will is, what his word says, being thoughtful um, and being, having knowledge. And then we said last week, uh, time with God should be spirit-led. In other words, it's not shouldn't be a dry, irrelevant time that you're spending with God. It shouldn't be this um, checklist where you just make a list of all these things that you know your heart desires, and you know expect that God's going to answer them. It's it should be where the Holy Spirit of God is involved. Because listen, you can't pray to God without the Holy Spirit of God. Truly, right? That's why we say you have to have a relationship with Christ because that's when your spirit is made alive, and you can communicate to God. And so the Holy Spirit needs to be involved where he's, he's leading you and he's, he's involved in your prayer time and he's reminding you of things that you need to pray for and he's leading you in that way. And so this, this morning, we want to dive into some practical components, three components that I feel we should have in our time with God. And listen, I, there's, there's different times we pray and so, you know, you go throughout your day and you may not have these components necessarily, but I'm saying if you decide to have a set time with God, there's some important components that we should have <coughs> Excuse me, in our prayer time with God. And so as we dive into these three components, <coughs> excuse me, um, you'll see that these three also are included in the, in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, which we'll talk about, we'll go to in a minute. I didn't make up these three components, you know, it's not like I just picked them out of thin air, you know, they're in the Bible. And actually, for, for centuries, Christians have been utilizing these three areas of these three components in their time with God. So it's, it's nothing new. Um, I might have organized it a little different, just to keep it in three simple categories. Um, so, but I think it will be a help. I've been using this for years now in my time with God, and it's really helped me to keep, track, uh, keep on track and keep uh, consistent in my time with God. Actually, last, the end of last year, God really impressed upon my heart um, of the importance and the, or, or that the most important legacy that I could leave my kids, or the most important thing, or one of the most important things that I could teach them was how to have time with God, was how to spend time with God. Because if they can learn how to have time with God, then God can direct them. God can convict them, you know. Um, so to me, that was one of the most important things that I could leave to my kids is, hey, here's some instruction on how to spend time with God. And so I already kind of had a system in a manner that I was going about it, so I, I kind of organized it and I put, put it together and I ended up creating a journal um, for that purpose, really, is for my kids. And it's called Time with God 90-Day Journal. Some of you have seen it um, through social media and stuff. But So I created this for them, and then as I went through it, I'm like, this would actually be helpful for a lot of people um, who want to get organized in their time with God. And so this is a tool that I have. Um, really, it's, it's, it's only on Amazon because that's the way I created it. So if you think this may be helpful to you, it's got the three components that we're going to talk about and as well as some instruction in the front. It may be a good reminder for this series. Um, you can search Peter Clow, Time with God, 
on Amazon and you can find it. But again, it's just a tool. You know, other people have different ways to spend time with God. That's great if you have your own journal. But I want to encourage you, um, as we go through these three sections, think about utilizing a journal where you write down what God brings to your mind in your time with God every morning. Because that helps it stick. And sometimes that will really help you in your time with God to stay focused so your mind's not all over the place. Um, I highly recommend utilizing a journal. And if this is helpful to you, great. If you have your own way of doing it, that's great too. But these three components, I believe, should be in everyone's uh, prayer time. So let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 15. It will be up on the screen. Feel free to pull out your Bibles. And uh, we'll go through this a little bit. I am going to read from verse 5 because I want to go into it a little bit. So that's not on the screen, 5 through 8. But uh, I'll read it. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. Um, so, this is, this is a time in Luke, um, I believe chapter 11, echoes the same Lord's Prayer, kind of um, organizes it a little different. But this is, this, is the, this is the disciples of Christ coming to him and saying, you know, John's, John's disciples taught him how to pray, will you teach us how to pray? You know, show us how to pray. And so Jesus begins and said, well, this is how you pray. So think about it. If you were in that time, sitting there at the feet of Jesus, and he was about to say, hey, this is how you ought to pray, wouldn't you listen? Wouldn't you be like, oh, I'm going to soak this in? If you're a Christian, you would, right? You're like, this is Jesus saying, this is, this is how I should pray. And so as we go through that, think about this. Uh, this is Jesus saying, this is how we should pray. And he, he says, in this manner, of course, we know He's not saying pray these exact words every time. In this manner means this is a, a, an outline or a template of how we can pray. Some categories, some components, if you will, to say, hey, this is, this is a way that we can pray. And he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, so first thing we notice is our Father. It's personal. It's personal, and it goes along with what we said, until you become a child of God, you cannot pray the way Christ tells us to pray, which is Father, which translated Abba. And so it's very personal. Our Father, which be in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or holy is your name. There's this respect and this reverence for God's name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so as we go through this, we see Christ is setting up you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is he saying? Saying there's this attitude of submission when you come to Christ in prayer. Uh, there's this, this, this attitude of, uh, or this heart that, listen, I'm coming to you, O Father. Your name is holy, but I'm coming to you desiring your will on this earth. So there's this attitude of submission when we come to God. It's not an attitude of, give me what I want. And I talked about last week, like, you know, many people go to God like they do to a vending machine and they hit the button, right? And they're trying to get something from it. And then it's like, it doesn't come out. It's just hanging there. So they keep hitting the button, give me what I want until they kick it. And, you know, sometimes we're like that with God in prayer and like, God's not giving me what I want. Come on. Um, but this is, a, this is an attitude of submission, You know, uh, someone once said, the purpose of prayer is not to get man's will done in heaven, 
but to get God's will done on earth. That's the purpose of prayer. And so this is, this is with an attitude of God, you know, your will be done. Whether it's loss or gain, whether it's joy or pain, your will be done, Lord. And so this is the attitude as we see as Christ is, is showing us. They say, give us this day our daily bread. And obviously this is talking about dependence upon him for our daily needs. And this is from the Old Testament of when the Israelites were praying for, for uh, bread from heaven and they ended up getting manna, but they only got enough for that day. And this is the same thing, not only physical needs, obviously, but also it could be applied to just our needs in life, you know, daily asking for those needs. And then forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so here we see a succinct and a powerful expression of how to pray according to God's kingdom and his gospel. Um, This is a pattern prayer, as we said. You know, and I mentioned... You know, one of, the, one of the important things I wanted to do was to teach my kids how to pray. And, you know, you don't, you don't just get saved and then automatically learn how to pray. Like, it doesn't come natural, right? Um, someone, uh, if you're familiar with R.C. Sproul, he's a theologian and, and uh, broadcasts on radio. But he's, uh, he says this about it, which I thought was pretty good. He said, praying, praying is an art, Praying is not something that comes naturally. No one is born a good prayer-er, I guess I say it. There's nothing more repugnant to fallen man, to natural man, than to spend time, spend time alone with God. It is not our natural disposition to seek time alone with God that can only come when we are redeemed, restored to fellowship with God, and reconciled to Him through Christ. Then we desire a great degree of intimacy. That's when we long to be able to converse with God and commune with Him in a rich a majestic way. It is not common, is it not a common concern and yearning of Christians to be more accomplished in their prayer life? So again, you got the disciples asking Jesus, right? They've been walking with him. Lord, teach us how to pray. And so, and so time with God, I hope you see that time with God, yes, it's got some simplicity in it. And if you're a new Christian or if you're growing in your walk with Christ, there are some truths here and some practical things that you can certainly grab but I also want you to see there is a depth to time with God that you will not know in, unless you really dig in there and understand what Jesus is saying. And the more I dig into this, the more that I'm like, I'm, I'm, more and more stuff is coming to me and, and God's showing me different things. And so there's a depth to time alone with God than just, you know, than what we think at times. Luke 11, as I said, echoes the Lord's Prayer similar with some different illustrations, and you can take a look at that when you get a chance. But time with God should have at least three components, I feel, based on the Lord's Prayer and other scriptures that we're going to read. So I want to encourage you, if you're taking notes, you can jot these things down. One verse I want to bring to you first, though, that's not on here, is James 4.3. James 4.3. It says, Yet you do not have because you do not ask. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss 
that you may spend it on your pleasures. So we see here, he's, he's telling us there's some things in our lives that we're not receiving because we don't take the time with God to ask for them. Right? And, and Luke 11, which is the parallel to the Lord's Prayer, is, is, tells us, gives us an illustration after he gives the Lord's Prayer about a guy who has some friends over at night and uh, he doesn't have enough bread for them, so he goes to his friend and said, hey, I need some bread for my guests. And it says, even if the guy won't get out of his bed to give you the bread you need because he's your friend, because of your persistence, he'll give it to you. And the word persistence doesn't necessarily mean you just ask a thousand times. It also means shamelessness or boldness in our prayers. And then he goes on to, to, with the famous verses of ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be up, opened unto you. And so he's telling us, um, and it's telling us here in James 4.3 that there's many times because we don't ask and ask in faith we don't receive, but also sometimes we ask and we don't receive what we're asking for because we ask amiss, which means wrongly or inappropriately or out of place in order to, to feed our own selfish pleasures. And so it goes back to our motives, right, of why we pray. Uh, it's not about just feeding our own selfish selfish desires. It's about aligning our will with God's and submitting to Him in our lives. Um, but I also say that because sometimes we're way too general in our prayers. You know, sometimes, you know, God saved the whole world. Well, that's good. But you have a name, you know? Is there, is there a close friend or someone that you desire to come to Christ? Pray for him by name. And then also you can see when God answers it, you know, um, God, um, you know, bless Emmanuel Baptist Church. That's great. It's not very specific. So we should really be specific in our prayers. You know, God, fill pastor with your Holy Spirit. Give leadership vision for the church. You know, bless the, uh, the student's ministry or the young adult ministry or whatever. Like, be specific when we pray. And so I think these three components also are going to help us be specific when we pray. So it's not just kind of general um, so the first one that we're going to talk about is, is one that I'd encourage when you start your time with God in the morning. This is one that I start with. Um, it's forgiveness, because I feel it's an opportunity for me to kind of clear the air with God, to re- make sure I have a uh, uh, clear fellowship with Him so that I can pray and be effective in the rest of my prayer. And so forgiveness Forgiveness, um, I think it'd be good to start with what is forgiveness? Well, if Pastor did a whole great series about uh, forgiveness. I'd encourage you to go check out it somewhere on our social media or YouTube page or church page. It gives a lot more detail than I'm going to give in the 10 minutes that I have here today. So he's got a whole series about it, which is pretty awesome. But forgiveness, just generally speaking, is to be freed or released from a debt. You could also say forgiveness can be expressed by stating that one will not remember the offense or count the offense against, against someone. So the Bible often associates debt with sin. Hmm, I wonder why. But debt with sin, because usually one leads to the other. But um, well, when he's talking about debt, and, and as some verses we're going to talk about, he's talking about 
more of the sin debt that we incur against God or against each other. And we know God, when, when He forgives, there's, there's references in the Bible that He casts our sins from east to west. He throws our sins in the depth of the ocean. You know, he, he, uh, it's no, never more to be remembered. That's how God forgives, right? So it's a good gauge for us to be able to try to forgive as He forgives. Psalm 130, verse 3 and 4 says this, If you, Lord, should mark iniquity or sin, O Lord, who could stand? In other words, if God was sitting there counting all our sins, there's none of us that could stand before God. But there is forgiveness with you. So this, but there's forgiveness with God, which is pretty amazing. And so, forgiveness... So when we start this forgiveness section, and maybe when you go with God, and, you, and uh, some, a question you can ask yourself is, Lord, what do I need to ask forgiveness for in my life? Lord, what do I need to ask forgiveness for in my life? I know that's scary, right? Scary for several reasons. You know, um, often I'll go to Psalm, I believe it's 129, I could be wrong, I didn't write it down, but it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. You know, if you, if you could pray that every day, which I do, and I'm sure some of you do, pray every day, God, search me. Show me the sin that I need to ask for forgiveness for. Then he will start to begin to show you things in your life that you need to ask his forgiveness for, that you need to repent of, that you need to correct. Um, and yes, it can be scary. You know, sometimes I pray that and I kind of pray it hesitantly, like, God, you know, show me the things I need to ask for forgiveness for. All right, I didn't hear anything. Move on. But because when he shows you, you have to do something about it. You know, if I pray, God, show me the things in my life that I need to ask for forgiveness for, and you know what, he'll bring to my mind maybe that harsh word I said to my wife or maybe that time I yelled at my kids and, uh, you know, or that outburst of anger, or that, that, that thought that I shouldn't have had that wasn't right. Guess what? When he, when he shows me that, then I have to do something about it. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, confess means to agree with, it means to think the same way about, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so the good news is that when we come to God with those areas we need for forgiveness, He will forgive us. He will forgive us. And so it's important um, that we go to God and we ask that. And I know, like I said, sometimes people are hesitant. They don't want to ask God every day, what's the sin that's going on in my life? Because maybe we think, well, it's just going to discourage me. Well, no, it actually does the opposite. Because when we come to God and He shows us, then we can come to him and confess it and say, God, I agree with you. I think the same way. That was wrong. Forgive me. And he said he is faithful. And he's just to forgive us of that sin. Now, first, the book of First John is interesting. We're actually going through it in our small group. Um, we're going through a Tony Evans study on First, Second, Third John. First John is written all about fellowship with God. It's written about light and darkness. And fellowship with God is light, 
walking in sin is darkness, right? And so um, keep in mind that fellowship is a matter of, of, of light and darkness and sonship, having a relationship with God is a matter of life and death. So the book of 1 John is written to believers. And so he's saying when, we're, when, we, when we sin, when we do something we know is against God's law or God's word, that we're walking at that time in darkness. But if we confess it, we can continue to walk in the light and stay in fellowship with God. And so let me put it this way. When, when you have a, a child or a parent, you know, my, my son, I have a relationship with him by blood that I can never lose. Like if you prick his finger, right, it's my DNA, it's my blood, he's my son. So I can never lose that relationship. That's like us when we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, we become his child. You can never lose that relationship. But if my son does something really stupid or, you know, uh, something that's, that's bad and, and a, something that puts a wedge between me and him and he won't get it right, like he just, he doesn't think it's wrong, he's being stubborn about it, and he's just going about his life and ignoring that it happened, well, it puts a wedge between my fellowship with him, my spending time with him, communicating with him, until he comes and says, Dad, I was wrong, I shouldn't have done that, that was, that was wrong, I agree with you, and then you know, we make up, and okay, that's great, thanks, you know, I, I accept your uh, confession, and now we have this fellowship, and we can deepen our relationship. It's the same thing with God. We can never lose that relationship we have with Him, but when we're in sin, and we don't confess it, and we just keep on living as if we're fine, and nothing happened, and that, you know, uh, uh, our, our, you know, dirty joke that we told at work, or, you know, that, that person that we put down at work, or, or we get angry about something and we let it fester until we blew up at somebody and we just let it fester and we never go to God daily and confess it and keep a short list with God, well, we're, we're walking in darkness. And our fellowship with God, there's a wedge between us and God. And so this forgiveness section is important. Just as it said in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. Um, it's something we need to continually go to God. And it's through this method of confession to God, not to man necessarily, to God, that we can continue to walk in the light and to have that close fellowship with God. And many Christians are missing this. So we can come to God and say, God, what do I need to ask for forgiveness for? And you may ask, well, what's considered sin? Well, sin is doing anything opposite of God's will or His Word. It could be the works of the flesh listed in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Those are like big things that you would say, oh yeah, I was in sin, adultery, fornication, murder. You know, obviously those are big things that you would say, those are things I need to confess and get right with God. But there's also, Jesus takes murder, for instance, and he said, if you think anger towards your brother, you've murdered him. So thoughts of hurting your brother or sister is sin that we need to confess to God. The Bible says, you know, adultery is sin, obviously, but it says if you think in your heart lust towards a woman, then you've sinned. So if you've lusted after a woman or a man yesterday, then 
That would be the prime example where you could go to God and say, remind me of those things in my life that I need to confess, and that may be one of them. God, forgive me for lusting in my mind or for being angry in my mind and in my heart. And so it could be a wrong motive, a wrong thought, saying something that was improper or wrong behavior. So what are, what are some things in the section that you could, you could allow God to remind you of is maybe something you said or thought or did that was against God's will, his nature, his reputation, his word. And uh, God will bring back to your memory those things. <clears throat> um, then the sins of omission or commission. Real, omission is just not doing something that God wants you to do. And you can read James 4.17 when you get a chance. It says if you, if, you, um, if you know something is good to do but you don't do it, it's sin. Sins of commission is doing something God doesn't want you to do. Romans 14.23 20, 20, says if you do something um, and you don't do it by faith, in other words, you're doubting in your heart and yet you still go ahead and do it, it's sin. So there's lots of areas we can see that God considers sin in our lives that we can go to. And listen, this verse, 1 John 1.9, is a verse that I go to often because I sin often. You know, and I'm not making light of it, but the fact is, every day when I go to God in prayer and my time with God under this category or component of forgiveness, there's always something that I can ask for forgiveness for. Uh, I was talking to a lady once and and uh, she's like, I just can't think of anything that, to ask for forgiveness for most days. I said, well, I don't think you're looking hard enough because you know, there's always something in our hearts that we can ask for forgiveness for. And may say, oh, that's just a little sin. That's not a big deal. Listen, anything against God's word, his will, his nature, his reputation is sin. And so I cling to this verse often. And for me, when I give in to sin... And it could be something that's uh, more of a habitual sin. I'll go to God and I'll claim this verse. And I'll say, God, you say in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. God, I claim your forgiveness and I claim your cleansing. And I take it by faith and then I move on. And I don't linger in it. Sometimes we feel we have to beat ourselves up and, you know, uh, you know, crucify ourselves before and really work it up to feel sorry before we claim his forgiveness, but it's by faith. He's already done all the work. He saved us and redeemed us, and his cross covered our past, present, and future sins. So this is um, uh, where he forgives us, and we can claim it by faith to restore our fellowship with him. And so all we've got to do is claim it. All we've got to do is claim it. Um, so there's a quote by this guy named Dane Ortland. He wrote this book called Gentle and Lowly. He's a PhD from Wheaton College and a senior pastor of a church in Illinois. He says this, but I thought was pretty good. God does not get flustered and frustrated when we come to him for fresh forgiveness, for renewed pardon, with distress and need and emptiness. That's the whole point. It's what he came to heal. And then a gentleman named Goodwin goes further and says, Christ gets more joy and comfort than we do when we come to him for help and mercy. What a thought, right? Christ, uh, don't get me wrong, he, he's not happy about us sinning, but
but he is joyous when he comes to us, uh, when, when we come to him to gain his forgiveness and his mercy. Because that's his mission, is to forgive us. Um, so believe and accept it. But also it goes further in uh, Matthew, right? Think about this. This is the Lord's Prayer, saying this is how we should pray. He says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So in this forgiveness section, when we spend time with God, not only are we asking God, what do, you, what do you want me to ask forgiveness for? But Lord, who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to forgive? He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Think about this. <laughs> when we're praying this, we are asking God to forgive us in the same measure that we are willing to forgive others. Does that scare you? <laughs> or does that motivate you to forgive somebody? Right? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So Luke says sins, same thing, debt. Lord, as, as uh, forgive me of my sin that I've committed, just like I am willing to forgive so-and-so of the sin they've sinned against me. Right? Hopefully that doesn't make you nervous, but hopefully it inspires you to like, I need to learn to forgive others because I want to be forgiven. When we aren't willing to forgive others, we prevent forgiveness for ourselves. So we can ask God, forgive me of this, forgive me of that, but then we have unforgiveness hidden in our heart or as we talked about bitterness, then we aren't, we're, we're being prevented we're preventing ourselves from being forgiven by God. Our fellowship with God is hindered. Not only is our forgiveness hindered, our fellowship with God is hindered um, when, until we settle on forgiveness in our heart. So at this time, you would ask God, is there anyone you need me to forgive? And, and listen, forgiveness that you receive and forgiveness you give to others is going to bring joy to your heart going to bring joy. It's a tough process, obviously, a tough journey and process of forgiveness, but when that forgiveness hits for you and that forgiveness hits towards others, it's, it brings joy to your heart. It brings joy to your heart. Not only that, but in, uh, oh, this is the rest of, uh, the verses we're reading here in, in Matthew 11, excuse me, 6. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we, we see her here also that God, in this prayer, is not only asking for forgiveness and forgiving others, but also one thing that I, I try to do within, in my time with God is after I gain forgiveness from God and make sure there's nothing that's, that's in the way of my relationship with God as far as unforgiveness and not forgiving others, is that he tells us here, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In other words, I'll pray to God, God, now give me the strength and the power to keep from sin, right? Give me the grace, as it says in the end of Romans 5, Romans 6, give me the grace now to have victory in my life over sin so I don't keep coming to God with the same sin over and over again. And so he's given us kind of a, a, an insight in here. God doesn't tempt us. We know it says in James, but he's, he's telling us to pray that we, we just keep away from those areas in our lives where we are tempted. And this, this could also mean testing as well. 
but he's praying for victory. He's praying for deliverance. And um, so that's an area we can pray. And it says, for if, you're, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And then we know that we, we can, by his grace and through prayer and spending time with God, we can, can eventually sin less. Not be necessarily sinless, but sin less we can. It tells us here that as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And so this is where we would pray in this forgiveness section, God, keep me from sin. Give me your grace, the power of your spirit, and your strength to resist the temptation of our three enemies, right? We all know our three enemies as Christians is uh, the world, and not the people, but the world system, as it says in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, right? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the world, the devil's our enemy, and our flesh. Those are three enemies that we face every day. And so, but we know, according to his word, he's given us everything we need to live this life, not only to live this life, but to live this life in godliness. And how do we do that? Through the knowledge of him. Getting to know our God and our Savior, spending time with him, spending time in his word, that we can gain the strength and the victory that we want. So Jesus has given everything we need, including the power of his Holy Spirit, to resist temptations from our flesh and to keep us from sinning against God and others. So this is the first section, forgiveness. It sounds like a lot, but it's, it's going to God with the mindset of um, who do I need to forgive? What do I need for forgiveness for? And how can I continue to stay on the right path and in the light? And so that's one section. Second one is blessings. So some may call it thankfulness. Some may call it praise. It's really all the same thing. I kind of joined it all into the category or the component of blessing. So another area, when you come to God, when you spend time with God, I want to encourage you, have a time of blessings or thankfulness, right? So I love this component of my time with God, Um, you know, how many blessings God gives us every single day. Um, It says in uh, Psalm 68, 19, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. God of our salvation. You know, every day God is bestowing blessings upon you. The problem is, and me, the problem is where we don't um, take time to remember them, or we're not aware of them, or we don't appreciate or recognize them on a daily basis. So this, this time with God allows you to pause and to think, God, what are the blessings that I can thank you for? This is where you, again, involving the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, remind me of those things that I can praise you for, maybe that I forgot to thank you for, of maybe yesterday, of things you've done in my life. Um, And this can be, there's times where I've prayed this and God has reminded me something as simple as, you know, I thank God my my car is still running and I haven't had any major car issues in the last, you know, six months or whatever. You know, it could be something uh, of, you know, God... God gave me, I thank you, Lord, for the awesome time of fellowship I had with my friends over their house. Or 
It could be, you know, God, thank you that, you know, we had a softball practice yesterday and nobody really got hurt. That's good, right? People are probably a little sore, though. It could be anything, but you're, you're, you're remembering and appreciating and recognizing the blessings God has bestowed in your life. He daily loads us with benefits. Um, there's other translations of this verse that say, translated to say, he daily bears our burden. So the point, point of this is, is this. Every day, God takes care of us. Sometimes it's uh, protecting us that we don't even realize how he's protected us. Sometimes it's God uplifting us and encouraging us, maybe through others or through situations. And other times it's, it's maybe God uh, blessing us, and it's an outright blessing that we see in our lives. He you know, blesses us financially or he you know, blesses us with good friends or whatever. But every day there's, there's something that God is doing in our lives where we can praise him and thank him for it. How often do you sit there and allow God to remind you of those things that he's blessed you for? When you woke up this morning and you, you hopefully uh, set aside time to be with God, did you sit there and just allow him to remind you of blessings you have in your life? Again, it could be the basic you know, the roof over your head and the food you have to eat. And it could go beyond to what the world would look at. It could be, I praise God, my, my kids are in church and serving God. It could be, you know, uh, I praise God that even though I'm in a, a situation that's difficult, he's giving me peace and I can have joy and continue on with hope in Christ. But it's important to ask God, remind us of these blessings that we've missed. Uh, Ian Bounds, who is his kind of life work was devoted to the topic of prayer, said this, he said, whenever there is true prayer, there thanksgiving and gratitude stand hard by, ready to respond to the answer when it comes, for as prayer brings the answer, so the answer brings forth gratitude and praise, giving thanks is the very prayer, or very life of prayer. So do you have that time, that component in your prayer time of blessings? praising God for the blessings and thanking Him for those blessings in your life. And this is why I said it's, it's a blessing to have, to write it in a journal, to write it down and, and list those blessings that He's given in, to you in your life. And then I, I have someone I was talking to the other day where they, they find great joy in going back in their journal and just remembering those blessings because sometimes you need that encouragement Oh, look, God answered this, this prayer that he led me to pray. And, and look at these blessings that he's blessed me throughout my life. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So think about that. It's not only good to be thankful and to give thanks, but it's actually, it's the will of God for you in your life. There's, there's, there's a few places in the Bible where it says, this is the will of God. This is one of them. Rejoicing, praying without ceasing, giving thanks. This is the will of God for you if you want to be a disciple of Christ, is to give thanks. 
If you're not giving thanks, if you're not uh, giving thanks in everything, right? It doesn't say just in the good things. Because you can give thanks, you know, we as believers can give thanks in trials and difficulties. Why? Because James says they strengthen us. We can give thanks to God in, in bad situations that happen in our lives because we know First, or first Corinthians chapter 1, it could be Second Corinthians, says that we can comfort others with the same comfort that we receive. And so we, we have a, as, as believers in Christ Jesus, we have a spiritual perspective that the world doesn't see. And so therefore, we can give thanks in everything. We can pray without ceasing. Again, I said that was kind of the mindset throughout the day of being ready at any time to come to God in prayer. And we can rejoice always. The Apostle Paul wrote several places um, in the Bible linking prayer with giving thanks. Colossians 4.2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Philippians 4.6, be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And so thanksgiving is an integral part of our time with God and of our prayer. So I want to encourage you to seek God every day. What are the blessings I can praise you for? Listen, you and I are so blessed. And not just, you know, certainly we're so blessed in the country we live in and the material things we have. I doubt anyone in here, the age of 16 and up, doesn't have a cell phone, right? I mean, we're, we're blessed. But even beyond that, if we strip away all those things, we're blessed with eternity in heaven with God and with Jesus being with us wherever we go and having know the, knowing the truth of the gospel in our lives. We're blessed. And so there shouldn't be a day that passes where we're not praising God and thanking Him for the blessings in our lives, the small things to the big things. Like I said, sometimes God will bring to your mind blessings to thank for that you would have never thought of. You know, there's been times when God's brought to my blessings like certain things that um, maybe something I was praying for, maybe, uh, for instance, someone I was struggling with relationally, relations, uh, in a relationship with them, and maybe they were just, I was having trouble, and sometimes God would say, hey, I want you to thank me for that person. And I'm like, ah, really don't want to. But you know what? When, he, when God tells you and he moves in your heart to pray for somebody, even if you, you're not getting along with that person or there's some, some strife between you, there's a reason. One, he probably wants to get your heart in the right place to have reconciliation. Two, it could be because God's working behind the scenes that you don't know about and he's ready to answer that prayer and sometimes he, he will move you ahead of time to thank him for something that's about to happen. But again, that's sensitivity to a spirit in your life. Um, so again, sometimes there's so many things we take granted for. But also part of this is not only thanking Him for things in our life or for good things, but it's also back to the Lord's Prayer. In this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We said before, hallowed, holy, or reverent. It's a, it's a respect for the name of God that He's trying to put forth here. And so something I've added to my, my blessing component 
is just praising God for who He is. And so you got to know, though, you got to kind of know God, right? <laughs> I mean, yes, if you're a new Christian, you can certainly thank Him for His, for his faithfulness, for His mercy, for His grace. Um, but also praising Him for who He is, names the Lord's names that testify to His character, that represent who He is. Um, here's, here's some ideas to get you thinking, right? So you don't have to necessarily use these, these big fancy words, but it's just the idea behind them, right? And the Bible, Bible calls them out. I don't have time to go into all the verses. The verse, there's a verse that goes with each of these, but Elohim means creator, thanking God for just his creation. El Elyon, which is the most high or the sovereign God, that means just you could thank God for, for how he rules over all and how he's in control. Jehovah Tizkenu, I probably didn't say that right, the Lord our righteousness, just thanking God, Lord, you are righteous. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, just thanking God for providing in your life. God, I, I praise you for being the great provider uh, Jehovah Ra, Lord, I thank you for being my shepherd. Right? Jehovah Shalom, Lord, I thank you for being our peace and just praising God for his character. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. Banner was like a flag that, that, that everyone rallied around and was identified with and unified them. Our flag, our banner as Christians is Jesus Christ and the gospel. And that's why we're supposed to be united underneath the banner of Christ, and we can thank Him for His, His unity in Christ, the unity we have in Christ. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there, just His presence in our lives. And those are just some ways you can praise God. Lord, thank You for being our shepherd, our peace, our righteousness, whatever the Lord may lead. For me, it's typically one or two things that He lays on my heart. It could be His faithfulness, His mercy, His grace. His truth, His holiness, His just, His love, His light. Romans 4.8 says this, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. These are, these are uh, acts of worship from the creatures in heaven. Romans, Revelation 4.11, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Sometimes I'll just quote that verse and I'll say, Lord, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and praise for you have created all things. And so it's an act of worship and praise and, and thankfulness to God for who He is. This is blessings. And then I want to encourage you, if you need further inspiration, something I started doing is I'll read a chapter of Psalms before I get into this blessing section, this blessing um, component. I read a chapter of Psalms, say like Psalms 27, right? It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I'll just write from the Bible. I'll say, Lord, thank you for being my light and my salvation. And so it gives you inspiration of what to praise God for from his word. And that's how we should be, you know, gaining our knowledge and our thoughtfulness of God. Um, and we learn from David how to praise God and what to praise him for. So listen, I want to encourage you. It's a matter of blessings. You can find joy, encouragement, positivity in your life when you daily thank God for the many blessings. You want to change your perspective in life? As the old song goes, count your blessings. 
You know, name them one by one. Be specific. Write them down and allow God to remind you of those blessings in your life. So when we spend time with God, uh, we can start with these two components, forgiveness and blessings. We'll get to the third one next week and finish it up. But when we do that, forgiveness will keep our fellowship with God and keep us walking in the light. Blessings will change our perspective and get the correct perspective and fill our hearts with gratitude. So I'd encourage you, take that, use it. Christian, I hope you're beginning to feel a revival in your heart for time with God. Listen, if anything will revive you, it is spending time with God. And we can get into the effects of spending time with God that we can see biblically of when people spent time with God, what happened in their lives. Um, Not only revival in your own heart and desire and love for God, but then you begin to have a desire and love for other people. You begin to have a desire and love for your, your fellow believers in your church. You want to get involved and serve God because you begin to take on the heart of God. That's what this is all about. I pray that you're allowing uh, the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and that you respond by carving out time to spend time with God. If you don't already, listen, start now. Carve out time. Mark it in your calendar. Monday morning, 6 a.m., God and I time. Hey, all thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com, where you'll find helpful links and resources and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing.